Welcome to Lakers Carpool, part of the Basketball Podcast Network. My name is James Brooks. I'm your host. Thank you so much for joining me on my drive to work this morning. Today, we'll have, probably have a pretty quick episode. We're going to talk a little bit about some offseason moves from the Lakers. We'll talk a little, about, a little bit more about Legacy, the Lakers documentary that's been, been putting out episodes the last few weeks. Let's jump into it. In terms of legacy, I'm a little bit behind on episodes. I think I just finished episode six. There's seven out, so there is one episode out that I haven't watched yet that I just can't talk about, obviously. So we're just going to jump in and kind of talk about episode six. So episode six was probably my favorite episode so far. Honestly, I will say every new episode has been my favorite episode so far, partially because I mentioned this before, but I'm a little bit getting a little tired of the Showtime storyline. Like I've I've been reading the book Showtime, like I mentioned. I had watched Winning Time recently. So then the first three or so episodes of this Legacy documentary were talking about Showtime again. I'm like, okay, I get it. I, I know the story. I get it. It's it's a good story. It's fun and everything. But at a certain point, how many times can you hear the same thing over and over again? So each episode has been fun because it's been cool to see more and more about just the Lakers and, and all these things. And last my last podcast episode I talked a little bit about how the 90s for the Lakers is kind of like this no man's land for me and in terms of the team and and how good they were or or not how good they were but just just the the team in general you know like there's a lot of guys and gals a lot of people a little older than me that are Lakers fans that are like big Nick Van Exel fans and are big like you know, they will say that they really didn't like Kobe that much because of how he pushed Shaq away from the Lakers and, and all these different things, right? Which for me, I grew up really, my first memories of the Lakers were the three Pete, the 2000, 2001, 2002 championships. And so for me, you know, I, I kind of remember Shaq getting pushed out, but I was Kobe all the way pretty much. I mean, I like Shaq too, but like I was since day one I was a Kobe fan pretty much so I didn't really I never really related to the whole being a Shaq fan and and not really liking Kobe that much and then and then also like Nick Van Exel and and all these guys that were kind of like in this era of the Lakers where we're in between dynasties you know and so so that that was fun to watch in the in the last like I think it was episode five when that that was then they introduced Shaq and all that stuff and they've been you know episode six talks about like Shaq and Kobe and and kind of like this the first few years of the Shaq Shaq era I should say it wasn't even really Shaq and Kobe because Kobe was so young and he was coming into himself and whatnot but the first like from 96 to 99 basically the first three or four seasons where the Lakers had high expectations and they just couldn't really get anywhere they would make the playoffs but losing the playoffs and there's questions on whether or not the Lakers should break this up or keep it going. And I, I never really thought about how close the Lakers probably were to potentially breaking up Shaq and Kobe before the three-peat even happened. Because, you know, you have three or four seasons of, of disappointment. You're paying Shaq a ton of money. He's a huge, he was a huge free agent. And then you know you have Kobe and, and obviously there's like tiffs between Shaq and Kobe already before even like the three-peat starts and everything and then I'm trying to remember what it was exactly but there was a point that was made where basically if something hadn't happened like if the 
Lakers, I mean, the gist of it is if the Lakers hadn't won in the 1999-2000 season, then the Lakers probably would have looked into trading Kobe or or trading Shaq or, you know, figuring out getting rid of, you know, just moving on because whatever they were doing wasn't really working. So they go and they end up winning in 1999. Oh, yeah, that's, that's what it was. Basically, the 1999-2000 season is the season where the Lakers were literally game seven against the Blazers. And I, I want to say that was a Western Conference Finals. I, I, I honestly don't remember, and I don't want to say the wrong thing, but the Lakers are playing against the Blazers, and it's game seven in L.A., and the Lakers are down by like 13 or 15 in the fourth quarter. And the Lakers look like they're dead right, so they're about to get eliminated once again. And if the Lakers don't, don't, make something happen they don't come back they don't win that obviously they lose they're eliminated and who knows what happens with the lakers from there on right like do we do they do they trade Shaq? do they trade kobe do they trade both do they you know what what happens and a big piece of this episode episode six was also the phil jackson piece right del harris had been coaching the lakers from like 96 to 99 um shack was ready for a new coach he goes up to jerry buss or jerry west and says you know phil jackson he's available to to coach and so they go and he i think Shaq goes out to montana to visit phil jackson and and phil jackson he's just a funny guy he's like the you know the zen master this like you just don't you wouldn't really think of it if you didn't already know you wouldn't really think of him as that way like kind of zen and and i don't know you know just out there kind of with his different thoughts and beliefs on things and just like hearing him talk about it is is kind of funny and hearing Shaq talk about it and everything so it's it's a fun episode and it's what's crazy though is like in game seven against the blazers where they're down 15 in the fourth quarter phil jackson basically just like calls their bluff calls the team's bluff he says like something along the lines of well it was a great season we'll uh, see you guys next next season and we'll hopefully get something going next season basically just writing them off saying they can't do it obviously the rest is history the lakers pull off a huge comeback you have the iconic kobe to shack alley-oop play and the lakers pull out the win and then they go on to play the pacers in the finals and they get you know shack and kobe get their first first title together and first title in general like they're each each of their first titles so and that's where the episode ends so there's still another episode that i haven't watched so i you know maybe i'll be able to watch the next two you know seven and eight by the time my next this next episode comes out but um i mean just one episode alone has so much content it's it's really fun but i again if you guys are listening to this and you have not watched it and you are a lakers fan you should go watch it i mean the thing is is like no matter how much you know about the lakers there's never been a documentary that's spanned from showtime to present day which i think this one is going to do and has included all of the big players in the story you have all of the bus kids jerry bus's kids you have you know all the showtime people you have kareem magic michael cooper um james worthy right you have all these guys and then you have Shaq. unfortunately obviously no no kobe but i mean they have past interviews with kobe um you know you have Shaq, you have robert 
Ori, you have Rick Fox, Derek Fisher, you know, all the, I mean, literally all the main players, all, anyone that you could possibly think of that would be in this documentary is, is in the documentary. So, um, they, they did, they've done a great job with it so far. So definitely couldn't recommend watching it enough. So yeah, I'll come back, you know, next episode, obviously we'll talk about the, the other episodes, whatever I've watched up to that, that point. And uh, yeah, I'm really, I mean, you know, I'm curious what you guys think. I, I can't imagine anyone doesn't like it, but if you don't like it, I, re- I want to know. I want to know if you don't like it, but I can't imagine that, that people don't like it because it is really good, I think. So, and, you know, I saw another, you know, I, there's been, I've kind of created this, at least for myself, rivalry between Winning Time and this like this legacy documentary, which they're different forms of shows, right? Like one's a documentary, one's dramatic, dramatized. So you can't really compare them too much, but because the Lakers organization have has chosen to compare them I, I can't help but do it and i saw i think lakers nation on twitter post an article about genie bus making some comments once again about winning time like it's just it's hilarious how much she's like so obsessed with this winning time like don't watch it or there's people that are mad about it blah blah, blah. but in this one she actually had some quotes saying that the show actually got some things right she came out and said that she liked what John how John C. Riley portrayed her dad, Jerry Buss. Um, there was a couple spots in the show that she was confirming, like, yeah, that did happen, blah, blah, blah. So the original comments that the Lakers organization, a.k.a. Jeannie Buss, has made about the show, I think she's kind of almost walking it back a little bit. She did mention in the article that she's there are some people connected to the organization that aren't happy with how they were portrayed in the show aka jerry west um blah 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 so i i just think it's funny that there's that she's still talking about it um honestly i I think that that means that just to me shows that winning time is a good show like if it's creating all of this hullabaloo and all this all this these comments from the lakers organization like why would they care so much if like if it was so outlandish and so out there and so misrepresentation like mis representing the what actually happened why do they why do they care so much i don't know i like if it was so bad make one comment make one statement put out a press release or something and leave it at that but instead like it's it's this thing that like they're constantly like it's constantly on their minds and stuff so i don't know it's a little weird but that being said legacy good show winning time good show i like the both so if you haven't watched either of them go and watch both of them uh, tell me what you think about legacy i'm curious if there's any haters out there on it tell me i want to know but i can't imagine there are so i think we're going to jump into some off-season moves for the lakers in the next segment the nfl action is in full swing here at DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nfl We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If that's not enough, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Right now, for every leg you add, you can boost your winnings up to 100%. With payouts bigger than ever, why bet on football anywhere else? To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game day all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code T 
TBPN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code TBPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Well, things have been a little bit quiet in terms of Lakers offseason moves the last month or so. But we did get some news come out, I think, last week that the Lakers have signed Dennis Schroeder back, which I'm I'm happy about. I mean, it's a one-year deal for two, little over $2 million. So you can't be mad about that, in, in my opinion. When he was with the Lakers before, he wanted to re-sign for like $80-something million, which I agree would have been a bad deal. Of course, I like Dennis Schroeder. Like, after the 2021 season... I was all for the Lakers re-signing Dennis Schroeder. Maybe not for $84 million or whatever he was asking for, but he was, you know, starting point guard. He didn't really get a whole lot of chances to play next to LeBron and Anthony Davis because of their injuries during that season. The Lakers still make the playoffs. The Lakers, if Anthony Davis doesn't get hurt, the Lakers probably beat the Suns in the first round. And, and who knows from there, but obviously Anthony Davis gets hurt. Can't change history, whatever. But Dennis Schroeder, I liked him. He's decently good. Like, he's a decent offensive player. He attacks the basket well. He plays – he's good, a good defender. He plays defense. He's an intense player. He's fast. He runs up and down the court. He's he's the kind of point guard that you kind of want. I mean, he's, he's – it's funny because he's very similar to Russell Westbrook. Like, not a great outside shooter. Attacks the basket well plays with a lot of speed and honestly I'd rather have Dennis Schroeder on the court than Russell Westbrook at least after what we saw last season so I'm all for this pickup with Dennis Schroeder bringing him back into the fold he has experience I mean he didn't play a ton next to Anthony Davis and LeBron with their injuries but he has experience being on the same team as them and playing with them to a certain degree at the very least and it's interesting though because it's another guard that Lakers are picking up right we traded for Patrick Beverly we have Russell Westbrook. We have now Dennis Schroeder. So we now have three guards that, in theory, de- demand a decent amount of playing time, right? Like, I mean, Dennis Schroeder, uh, he he can come off the bench, right? Patrick Beverly can come off the bench, but who should come off the bench? Should you should you start? Who should you start in that scenario? I. Honestly, I, I think Russell Westbrook comes off the bench, right? I think you start Dennis Schroeder. You start Dennis Schroeder and Patrick Beverly as, the, as like, two guards, basically. Then you have LeBron, Anthony Davis, and Thomas Bryant, maybe? It's one of those lines. This lineup, I feel like the Lakers roster is really turning, panning out to be very similar to the 2020 season where it's like all these guys that you feel like don't mesh you you're gonna think like this team is not a contender but if LeBron and Anthony Davis are healthy and they play to their best abilities they they could make this team a contender I think and so we'll see and I'm also forgetting about all the other guys that the Lakers have signed that are basically guards right so maybe you don't start Dennis Schroeder and Patrick Beverly right maybe you're starting JTA, maybe you're sign you're starting Lonnie Walker. I don't. We'll see how it shapes up. I'm curious to find out. But 
there's a lot of guards on this team, which makes me think the Lakers are really actually just trying to prepare for a, a trade of some sorts. But who's to say? I mean, we thought that the Lakers were going to trade for Kyrie Irving. We thought the Lakers were going to trade for Buddy Heald and Miles Turner, which I suppose could still be on the table. And, yeah, I, don't, I mean, who – it's hard to say what's going what's to happen. Like, maybe the Lakers are, just, are trying to prepare to, to actually make another trade. Or maybe they're just really like guards. I don't know. So, <laughs> we'll see what happens. But, I mean, where we're stuck right now is we don't really have a prime defender for, like, a prime wing defender. We don't have someone that's going to step up and cover a, a Paul George type player or a Kawhi Leonard type player. Like, yes, LeBron could do that, but with LeBron aging and, and, and everything, we just – you don't want to put that – you don't want to make him have to guard the best player. Can he do it from time to time on a big – if we need a big stop or if we need – if it's a big possession or, you know, if it's close in the fourth quarter for the last three or four minutes, can LeBron do it? Yeah, for sure. Like, have LeBron guard the best player. But it would be nice to have a, uh, a defensive specialist, so to speak, that is a little bigger, right? Like Patrick Beverly is a good. He's a he's tenacious. He's a tough. He's a tough guy. He's a he's a good he's a good defender. But he's a he's a guard. He's like six two, six three, right? Like he's not really going to be able to lock down a Kawhi or a Paul George or, or and whatnot, you know. So it's tough. It'll. It, I'm I'm still. The jury's still out on that side of things, but I do think this Lakers team has gotten better defensively from what from what I've seen, right? Like, even just adding Dennis Schroeder and Patrick Beverly makes this Lakers team a better defending team. And I love that that Darvin Ham is, is big on defense. He's big on he, – he cares more about the Lakers playing good defense than anything else, which is which I think is important. And I think that's something that Frank Vogel was good at the first two seasons – in 2020 and 2021 like those those two seasons I think that's something he was good at and and the Lakers got away from a little bit last season so I'm hoping that at the very least the Lakers are good on the defensive end of things and they can you know if you're playing good defense you can you can make things happen if the Lakers can get back into being like a top five defensive team in the NBA then they can figure the rest out it's just a matter of like okay are we going to play good team defense? Are we going to get stops? Are we going to get steals and, and get on the fast break? Because remember, I mean, after last season, it's, hard, it's almost hard to remember, but the 2020-2021 seasons, the Lakers were the were their best when they were playing defense, getting stops, and pushing out on the fast break. Getting LeBron, getting Anthony Davis, getting, I mean, in this case, Russell Westbrook, he was not, wasn't on the team, but... Um, Dennis Schroeder getting these guys out in the fast break, pushing, 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 running, running, running. So if the Lakers can play that style of defense or style of play again, you know, again playing good defense and getting out on the fast break, that's the best case scenario. Even with Russell Westbrook, right? Obviously, Russell Westbrook. Best case scenario is you don't have him in a half court offense. Best case scenario, he's running. He's you're playing a three. You're doing like a three on two on one drill, basically. Basically, so. That's like the best case scenario for the Lakers if you can start playing good defense and and run and gun because otherwise you know even with the team that we have now I don't know that's a great half court offense team. I mean, having LeBron and Anthony Davis you can kind of do anything, 
but with Russell Westbrook on the floor right, doesn't space the floor well. Dennis Schroeder, he spaces the floor a little bit better, but he's still not, like, he's not a Dame. He's not a Steph Curry, right? He's not a huge three-point threat. Same for Patrick Beverly. He's like a – he shot decently from three, but he's not that big of a three-point threat. So if we, you know, find ways that we can space the floor, if you – you know, if if JTA or Lonnie Walker can step up their three-point game, they can win a lot. Basically, whatever guard can be the biggest threat from the three-point line, they could win – a lot of playing time. If you can be the biggest threat from the three-point line and play good defense. So honestly, you know, maybe it'll be Austin Reeves. Maybe Austin Reeves will win the win one of the guard spots. You know, who knows? So it, there's a lot of guards on this team, which may, again makes me think the Lakers are trying to gear up for a trade of some sorts. Because why else? Like, why are we stockpiling so many of the same player, same same position? But again, it. Your your guess is as good as as good as my guess. So, I I like I think I like what the Lakers are doing. I mean, I like Dennis Schroeder. I like bringing him back. I like bringing him back for cheap on a one year deal, to like see how things go. You know, I like that. And maybe Dennis Schroeder. Because remember when the Lakers signed Dennis Schroeder, I and many people were like, oh, the Lakers, they're figuring out their long term their long term plan for after LeBron. Right? We're we have Dennis Schroeder. We'll have Anthony Davis extended. You know, we have some guys that can that can play outside of LeBron once LeBron leaves. So maybe Dennis Schroeder turns into that long-term thing. Maybe the Lakers figure it out. Maybe Dennis Schroeder plays better for Darvin Ham than he did Frank Vogel. Maybe they figure something out. But the uh, the roller coaster of the roster every each and every year is a little a little annoying. I wish the Lakers could just would have just stuck with the team they had back in like 2021 or between 2020 2021 like I get obviously you're not gonna be able to resign everybody and, and everything but I wish they could have just kept things a little bit more a little more similar but that said I I, I at the very least like the Dennis Schroeder signing what'll what that'll turn into whether it's a trade or on the core production with the, with this team jury's still out but I, I overall I do like what the Lakers are trying to do which is stay fast get guys that can play defense and hopefully run and gun and, and be able to run some teams off the floor thank you so much for listening to this episode of Lakers carpool if you enjoyed the episode please rate and review on apple Podcasts and share it on social media with your friends You can find the podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or most places where you listen to podcasts. Again, thank you so much for listening, and go Lakers!